Hi, welcome to Race House with me, Jolie. And me, Darren Reeves. Hola, it's the Mexican Grand Prix. Um, this is uh, an amazing race uh, because it just looks so vibrant and fun. The track is crazy. You've got the circuit going through a stadium. You know, you've got amazing entertainment everywhere. The sun is shining um, and it's coming into the home straight for the end of the season. I think we've got four races left now and um, it's always a party atmosphere over in Mexico, Darren. Well, you know, I've got to say, every time I think of Mexico, I think of the, is it the Day of the Dead or what they call it? You know, the beginning yeah. of that James Bond movie in Mexico City with uh, all the skeletons Spectre. everywhere. Mm. That's it. You got it. For me, this is what it reminds me of. And it's so exciting. It's, you know, we've just had the most exciting American Grand Prix. This is totally different, but just across the border, you know. And uh, the, the, the stadium section is, is a one-off, you know. We've got this race because of Perez. And the you know the success of uh, him getting the Red Bull drive a few seasons ago, and uh, I, they're they're so excited about it, bringing it back because I think it was back in the eighties when they originally had it. So it's the Autodromo James Rod Rodriguez, if I can say it with my terrible terrible Spanish <laughs> attempt there. <laughs> they might be so, the Perez Stadium one day. You never know. Well, listen, he's got the car to win it, and oh, Joe, there it is. Should I keep that in or should I edit yes, that? Yes, mate, it's fine. Well, you, Listen, we, can you say bless human? me at least? Oh, bless you, Joe. Bless you, Joe. Thank you. <laughs> I'm getting tissues while you talk about Mexico. That's hilarious. So, uh, yeah, so can Perez win his home race? We know from Nigel Mansell's days that he always said that the, the crowd gave him a second uh, a second uh, in, in hand, you know, on everybody else. Can the Mexican crowd do that for Perez? I'd like to see him have a good weekend because we saw such a great start to the season for him, you know, uh, and it was something like five podiums in the first five or six races. Well, he's not had that in the last 12 or 13. Mm. Uh, we, we all know it's fallen off a cliff. There's still rumours going around. Is Perez going to announce his retirement? He's got the drive for 2024. I don't know why he would, because he's going to come second in the championship, probably. You know, well, he's got, well. he's got the, yeah, you know, he's got the car to do it. He's got everything, but confidence and motivation and momentum are huge in any professional sport, but this one especially. He doesn't well, have any of those right now going for him. I was thinking maybe it's a hunger issue. We've talked about that before. Certainly, if we feel that drivers have maybe privileged circumstances, we've talked about Stroll a lot and and, um, and different people. But I actually read this week. I didn't know this, but Sergio Perez is actually the most backed driver, and I didn't realize this. Yeah. Um, I thought it was Lance Stroll who was, but Sergio Perez is actually being supported and sponsored all of his professional you know, karting and racing life by Carlos Slim, who is um, one of the, the world's top billionaires. Right. He's a Mexican billionaire and um, responsible for a lot of um, massive industry. Um, and he actually has been sponsoring um, Sergio Perez throughout his whole career. So is there a link there? Well, we saw the first part of the season, he came out, gunning for the championship we thought oh my god he could win the championship this year this could be it um but it's faltered and it hasn't worked 
and you know all sorts of reasons you know if you look at the the driver standings um currently as to date he's on 240 points hamilton is behind at 201 obviously disappointing his points were um disqualified from the last race because of the plank issue which we'll talk about um but i think hamilton could you know really overtake him i, I think there's a good chance hamilton could become second because this Mercedes is really, really far in. So Perez needs to do well. He needs to concentrate. I mean, we're talking about track limits as well. He needs to be careful about that because in the last race, it was noted after the race that there's footage of him actually going over the track limits uh, beyond the white lines multiple times, especially at turn six. And others were doing it too because everyone pushes, you know, as far as they can go. It's a precision oh, yeah. sport. It's all about that extra little bit that you can get and that compounds and adds and accumulates into, you know, potentially a win. But uh, he was really over uh, a lot. So he's going to have to make sure that he does well. It's his home race as well. They're all going to be cheering for him. You know, you don't want to have a big upset uh, at your home race. Um, so I think he needs to be careful and really focus on this drive. Forget about all the noise. I can't see him retiring uh, at this race. Um, but yeah, he needs to perform better. Um, you know, and look at Max, it's just miles and miles ahead. It's confidence, Joe. It's confidence all the way. There's no doubt that Perez has been a good F1 driver over his career. To get the win in that Force India, or racing point, I think it was, wasn't it, in Bahrain? Mm. You know, to then, which really earned him the Red Bull drive. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's been a good guy. He's a nice guy. Is he too nice? I don't know. But this backing from what I thought was the Mexican government. So that, so <clears throat> Carlos Slim, for me, I, Joe, you're teaching me something today. So this is good. <laughs> um, you know, how long, you know, 20 years probably, let's say he's been backing him and funding mm -hmm. it all um, to become world champion. Now, as, as we've all witnessed this season, we don't see Perez being world champion. And is this the first time that, they've really felt that within the Perez and the Mexican camp, you know, o overall. And uh, how are they going to get that back? You know, this is brutal, this world of Formula One. And I, I can't, personally, I can't see it. I think the reality of, is Perez going to become world champion? In a Red Bull, he's got the car and he's not doing it, but he's in an era where Verstappen is part of, where Hamilton mm. is part of, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to beat your competition. It's not your fault that you've got mega strong competition right now in multiple world champions. But you're mm. always going to get that, aren't you? You know, he's just not quite stepped mm. up. But he's, he's a number a two. Yeah, a good number two. He's a good number two. I, you know, as a Brit, I want Hamilton. Of course, I want Hamilton to get second in the championship. But why does Hamilton need second in the championship? He doesn't need it. It's rubbish. He needs first or nothing, you know. Excuse me. So, um, you know, I, I'm yeah, cheering but, but, on Perez but, this weekend. But to, to interject there with Hamilton, you know, um, okay, yes, second is first loser, as I found out on the pub quiz the other night. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> because, oh, and I tell you why. Because yeah, and I even uh, argued the point. Um, they did a picture round with cars, famous cars from the movies, oh, no. and one of the pictures was a white Lotus Esprit that goes underwater. Right. Yes. Right. So, and well, then the obviously, question. come on. Okay. So, which <laughs> film is that from? The the one that goes underwater. The Lotus Esprit is the Spy Who Loved Me. Exactly. Do you know what the answer was? 
Go on. 77. The answer was James <laughs> Bond. No, stop it. And I said, excuse me, <laughs> there is no film called James Bond. All the others had film titles. And this was, I said, no, it's a spy who loved me. And they go, oh, no, it's okay. It's James, it's James Bond. I'm like, I argued it. Oh, and then they wouldn't, they wouldn't allow it. I, I was like, this is ridiculous. So, oh. um, yeah, I know. So yeah. I know what it's like to be second, uh, second place like Lewis. Me and Lewis have got a lot in common. I, um, I would not accept that, mate. I'm not happy with that for you. Joe. I wasn't that happy. Was... I was fuming. Oh man, is this the same pub quiz that you sent me a photo of, uh, of, of 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 a Formula One car sort of parting the ways down the? Uh, down no, the, that uh, was uh, something I spotted on Instagram, and I thought, oh, I yeah. wonder if you uh, know what that is. So I took out the caption, and you yeah. you you were pretty good. I mean, come on, I mean, you missed the USA flag at the front, which okay uh, was a was a big. I big, got but... it uh, when I zoomed in afterwards. I went, oh. But no. what a cool photo! Um, Brilliant. In fact, uh, here is the photo. And as you can see, uh, if you get it right, and you can tell us in the comments where you think this was taken and who is in that car in the middle uh, and which year, then uh, you'll be able to come onto the podcast and uh, and say your thing about Formula One. So competition time. Uh, oh, yeah. Tell us about the photo and then we'll... we'll uh, We'll get you onto a pub quiz. I'm enjoying this. I think I think we need one of these every week, Joe. A little uh, a, a little competition, and the, yeah, we yeah. need to have maybe structure as well. <laughs> That's also good. That'd be fun. And um, coming back to Hamilton, um, you know, obviously the big story was the disqualification, but yeah. you know, the plank saga hasn't really gone away. I mean, Lewis has come out and said, "Well, you should test all the drivers because I'm sure a lot of them would have had the same thing." Yeah. So the thing is, with with the, there's this thing. Uh, at the race, you know, you have all your stewards during the race running, but there's something called scrutineering that every level of motorsport has. So right now, my son is down at um, Clay Pigeon Raceway this morning, uh, racing, well, testing today, actually, practicing. And uh, But scrutineering, you have to take your car along. They do all the checks that they have to do, make sure everything's to regulation. Then after every time you come into the pits from a session, they you then have to sit there and, and, and all the stewards go around checking everybody's nose cones, checking everybody's um, tyres, just checking everything is to within the rules. So that's grassroots karting. Formula One, you're going to expect this to be absolutely... 10, 15, 20 times better. However, what they do in Formula One scrutineering is they say we don't have time to check absolutely everything on every car after a race. And they're right, especially when everything's being packed down to get out of America and off to Mexico for the mm. same week. So what they do is they randomly check certain things about the car. And it just randomly happened that they chose to check four cars with the plank ride height. And what they do is they measure they measure this plank. They know what it's meant to be at the start of the race, and uh, and it wears away. And I think the problem actually stems right from FP1 because it was a sprint race weekend. They didn't have time to set their cars up. And we talked in the last podcast how this track can move up and down. And I think I think turn eleven has moved by one and a half meters over the last five years so i heard like that's can you imagine that oh because going of on? land subsistence correct and and so they keep re-tarmacking it but the actual la the level of the land is one and a half meters difference now when we're in formula one worlds joe one and a half meters is the difference between not just the difference between coming first and last it's huge 
So when we're talking about ride heights on these Formula One cars, whether mm. it's that gap or that gap or whatever it is, Red Bull were really conservative with their ride heights this weekend. And you can see it in photos that have been taken. But Ferrari and Mercedes, for sure now, were really on that tolerance line of getting every little bit out of it they could. And because they didn't have long enough to be able to practice and try things out, they just went for a, a feeling. And what mm. Hamilton is saying is, well, if my car had an illegal ride height and therefore the plank wore away, and if the Ferrari uh, had a legal ride height on Leclerc's car, the chances are that Russell's and Sainz's were exactly the same. And therefore... Yeah they were probably illegal as well. But because they weren't checked randomly, they've got away with it. And what Hamilton is saying is, look, they checked four cars, two of them were illegal. Well, that says to me on average, were 10 out of the 20 cars illegal. So we don't know about the McLaren in second place. We do know about the, um, the Red Bull because they were really conservative and that's why they were probably a little bit less competitive or ahead of the field than they have been in previous races but i think hamilton is right if they find an irregularity at 50 percent surely they've got to go and check some others you know yeah and i think another big issue about this is that and we've seen this actually all season and it's becoming more common is that you get the podium you have the interviews one two and three here are champions for this week, you know, and they, they do the whole thing. They do the media interviews. They're up in the, the box before they come out. They're watching the race, having a drink, having a chat or not chatting, which is even funnier. Um, yep. They come out, they do the whole podium, national anthems, all the jazz, the champagne, everything. And then half an hour later, oh, no, you, you, you're not second. Oh, no, you didn't win. Oh, oh actually, no. I think in a way... But either they need to check they do checks before the podium somehow. So have another section which buys the FIA time to do their checks. I, I think you need to slot in something that will take 10 minutes. Maybe it's a song. Maybe it's a performance, like a Super Bowl, you know, thing. And because we're waiting for the podium, so that's fine. Yep. The fans are flooding the track. So that's fine in most circuits. Let's have something there so they can just verify the results yet yeah, all fine and then you've got your podium with your three because they've taken the they take the photos they that is the official photo for that race here are your winners for the rest of eternity how can they then say oh no no actually you're off the podium and then everyone's bumped up well, do Joe, it the before the podium it's so complex, it really is. And these cars are absolute, you know, spaceships. And, and humans, when humans get involved in perfection, that's where the errors occur. I've got to yeah. totally agree with you. Um, you. You've got all that crowd. They've been there. Oh, he's off again. <laughs> so you've got all that crowd out there. It's the air con, um, it kills me. They've been there all day. They've been there all weekend. <laughs> 10 minutes isn't going to make a difference. But then you've got all the TV channels screaming at you, you know, get on with it, get on with it. You know, we've got to air other stuff and so on. But do you know what? They need I, to I, build I, that in. Because it's, it's got, if, Joe, you, if you took 10 minutes away from the start, you know, yeah. from the, all the, the grid walk and stuff or somewhere in that whole build up, shift it by 10, 15 minutes or 20 minutes or half an hour even. But you need to, I really hate when you have the podium, here are your winners. 
oh and then half an hour or a day later or a couple of days later i know you're disqualified because of that like either give the podium podium immunity to say well they're the winners so we don't check those okay or have some time get 10 fia guys on there you know it's, it's the most organized sport we've worked at paddock club it's it's minute by minute timing it's military yeah. timing and you know when you watch it the clock strikes exactly the right time it is done to perfection why can't the fia do that as well and yeah. have 10 guys 12 guys checking three cars or whatever it is by random they take a ball and they know what they're going to check and as soon as the cars come in, you come into the special park Ferme for those three cars, and then you do your checks. And then if you're on the podium and there's a problem, you're disqualified, or there's dock time, then you calculate it, then you have your podium. Because this is ridiculous. And you know, so what they're gonna do now for the when in two years' time we look back at the USA Grand Prix, we go, Oh, there's a photo of Hamilton came second and thingy. Oh no, he didn't, because later it was it's a mess. Yeah, it's a mess. I, I totally agree. You know, it's me angry. They're selling. I can tell, Joe. I like it though. They can. They're selling tickets now. We talked about it again for Thursday of this weekend. You know, Thursday, Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. It's four days. People have invested so much money. As you know, whether you're buying the cheapest ticket or you're buying the corporate most expensive tickets, or you're even the backer of Perez or Stroll or whoever. There's so much money why can't we get the most important thing on the whole weekend right? And that's the result. So I think yeah. we're, we're absolutely in agreement. And it is time. It is humans. It does, you know, but, you know, mate, it, it is a mess. And I think things will things will change because that's the great thing about Formula One is it does get discussed. It does get analysed and, it you know, it will improve. It's about marginal improvements all the time. It's a good lesson yeah. for us all. I, I kind of learned that from F1. You know, we've been working there for about six years now, or uh, well, eight years um, for me with Abu Dhabi a couple of years before. Um, Yaz. But, like, it is about those marginal improvements. You know, if you could just move that there, does that improve something? You know, it's like anything. And I think it's a great lesson for us all. If you can marginally improve just a tiny little bit every day, you know, put that cookie down and go for a walk. And if you, you know, <laughs> things like that, you know, like, um, so it's like, I, I really love the sport for that. I just don't know, as you said, how they can keep getting this wrong with the podium either give the FIA more time or give them immunity. Um, well, if there's immunity one probably won't work because if someone cheats or there's something like that, then that's a problem. But like yeah. now we're already on to Mexico. So we are, who cares? We are on. Really? But, but, but you know, if there's one person that can change things in formula one, it's Lewis Hamilton. And when he speaks out, people do listen, you know, whether it's about the sport itself or bigger world problems you know he has the voice he has the platform and he said this let's let's watch this space and see what evolves but like you said it's mexico this weekend we've got to look forward we've got a mm -hmm. normal weekend you know with fp1 and fp2 happening later today uh you know qualifying tomorrow and then the race on sunday and i've got to say i'm a little bit relieved that it's back to normal a little bit more <laughs> boring is it because i'm the super fan rather you know the traditionalist yeah. yeah yeah there's something for me that says these guys i want to see them get it right on sunday and if they're not given the time to get it right because of sprint racing and sprint shootouts and all this other stuff of sensationalizing entertainment 
we're not seeing perfection. And we didn't see perfection last week because they mm. didn't have enough time on the circuit to get it mm. right. So, um, mm. uh, you know, and and I want to see them get it right. And that includes Perez. It include, I don't want to see Hamilton disqualified off the podium. I don't want to see any of that. But things have to happen like this for things to change. So let, let's keep our fingers crossed. But I've got to say, I'm looking forward to seeing FP1 later today because we've got some of the rookies driving in there today. And one of which is one of my favourite rookies, Jack Doohan. Yes, and, uh, I now, don't know much about Jack Doohan. Uh, okay. So, yeah, come on, fill us in. So Jack Doohan is currently racing in uh, Formula 2. So he was there last year as well. I got to meet him in Paddock Club in Spain where he came up and did an interview. I got the exciting job of handing him his microphone. Yeah, I loved it, Joe. But, you know, Jack yeah. Doohan, son of the famous motor world champion motorcyclist, Mick Doohan from Australia. So another Australian driver. You know, we've got Piastri, we've got Ricardo, and we've had Mark Webber. You know, Weber. There, there's a mm. lot of good people coming out of Australia. You know, long way to, to be away from that European bubble of motorsport you know they all come over to to the uk and uh so jack's going to be in the alpine uh for fp1 because every team has an obligation to the fia to run two fp1 sessions a season with their third driver so we've seen my favorite one to say drogovic in the uh in the aston mm. martin we've seen that happen uh we we've got jack doing in the alpine alpine this weekend but we've got to see some others as well now i know some of the teams are leaving it right till the last minute and i don't think any driver wants to give up anything any track time in vegas so i think we're going to see a few uh in abu dhabi uh but yeah. You know, but I think there's a few actually happening this weekend. So, uh, but I've not got a list in front of me. It's just Jack Doohan, I've noticed. And he, I heard a little uh, uh, interview with him that was fascinating. Um, he's desperate for an F1 drive now. You know, he, um, he feels he's doing everything he possibly can to earn it. But the opportunities for new drivers seem to be slimmer and slimmer and slimmer. And when we look at the driver lineup for next season, you know, other than seeing Ricardo come in, mm. you know, we've seen Piastri come in this season, but there's no change at all unless there's going to be a shock somewhere that we've discussed at Red Bull, possibly. But, mm. you know, Liam Lawson being the third driver for Red Bull and Alpha Tauri now no longer qualifies to do an FP1 session because he's not a rookie anymore. Really? Yep. So, so he's now he's, in no man's land. Correct. He's a Mick Schumacher now. He is. So uh, <clears throat> so these these third drivers that uh, have raced an F1 car in, in a race, then uh, no longer become eligibles. But, but it means it creates opportunities for more new people that we haven't seen before. So, yeah. uh, you know, well, and, and I so want to see them come through. To add to that, I have quickly cheated and looked up on the FIA website. Um, Good man. And we do have uh, some more rookies. Um, Th Theo Porcher for yep. Alfa Romeo. He will be making his So uh, Porcher is the, the current leader of the F2 Championship. And this mm -hmm. is the poison chalice as well, because once you have won the F2 Championship, and the same with the F1 Academy, in fact, as Marta Garcia did last weekend, you cannot race in that series the following year. You're out. So either you get a seat somewhere or you're looking at 
Formula E, or you're looking at Extreme Indi- E, you're looking at yeah, Indy. IndyCar, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, and if you don't get a drive in there, you you are maybe this third driver at F1 where they just shadow the the actual drivers. So, so Jack Doohan was talking about shadowing Ocon and Gasly uh, for mm. Alpine, and they, he ju- he's just there for all the driver briefings. He's there in the garage. He's there as part of the team radio. So he understands every step. So that, for example, like Liam Lawson did. Um, in Zandvoort to replace Ricardo, he's ready to get in that car at any time. Well, someone I... who's been uh, dreaming as well, um, and you know, been dreaming about this opportunity, is uh, Frederick Vesti, um, who will be making his uh, FP1 session debut with Mercedes this weekend as well. Yeah. Um, so, so Vesti, yeah, I mean, is amazing. He's come from Prima Racing. Yes. Um, and he's stood in for, uh, he's going to stand in for um, George Russell um, in the W14. But um, yeah, he's been a great one. We've got Jack Doohan, as you said, in Alpine. We also have Oliver Behrman uh, yes. for Haas. British, British driver. So, Oli uh, Behrman, we call him Oli then. Yep. That's it. <laughs> um, these are all really young guys. Um, and then yep. we also have um, Isaac Hajar uh, for AlphaTauri. Um, so we do have a few coming through, maybe some of these, um, teams who know they're not going to win, obviously, uh, they're not going to be in top three, top five. Look, they need to get them out there. They can't just leave it for, for Abu Dhabi. I think, um, you know, there's also that part that the drivers want to have one last flourish, but yeah, the, we'll, we'll see some rookies, um, on the circuit, which will be good and um, no longer rookies, um, go to the other end and Max Verstappen, obviously he's won the world championship already. Um, lots of debate about his teammate for future years. And we did hear a story, actually, that Lando Norris was indeed approached. Um, yes. And I think they made him an offer uh, to join Max at Red Bull. They get on, they're good friends. Um, but Norris did decline. And probably the reason is because Lando's the number one driver at McLaren, mm-hmm. pretty much. So what would happen if he went to Red Bull? Well, would he happy being the number two? I don't think so. He wants to be no. a number one driver. Um, and I think he definitely has potential in him to to win a world championship, if not just be on podiums uh, a lot. So he's shown that. I, I don't think he'd be happy with number two. I don't think Max would be happy with someone vying for the title with him because Perez tried that and hasn't really worked out. Well, you know, I think the idea of having two number one drivers, the Prost Senna days in McLaren, is mouthwatering for any F1 fan. You know, and as we saw at the start of this season, you know, Verstappen, Perez, Verstappen, Perez, Verstappen, they were the first five races. And we were just like, this is what we want to see. We know that's, that that's not come to fruition. But for Norris to turn down a Red Bull drive, firstly, what a, stro- what a strong position to be in and yeah. what confidence he has in what McLaren are doing. They are building that car around Norris. Piastri is driving that car as a rookie, the socks off it, basically. You know, he is pushing Norris to another level. You know, I think what they are building and what Zach Brown is doing now at McLaren is it's the first time really since the Ron Dennis days that we're really seeing this with that team. Mm. I think he is building something that can really take on Red Bull and Mercedes. 
And mm. we need to see more teams doing that. We need to see five, six teams all competing for not just podiums, but the win. You know, we're seeing Mercedes, Ferrari and McLaren and Aston Martin beating Perez in a Red Bull. You know, so they're, we're in that little sort of stage that's in between. But uh, but Norris, what a brilliant position to be in. And he's gone up in my estimation, actually, for turning it down. Now we've just got to make sure that, that car, those car developments at McLaren absolutely doing what he believes is going to happen. I can't wait to watch it. We can't wait to watch this race and see McLaren and see everyone uh, going for this. We want to see how Sergio gets on as well. It's his home race at the Mexican Grand Prix. Um, So make sure you like and subscribe. We're going to do a review um, after the race. Um, Shout outs. Have you got a shout out at all, Darren? No, not today, uh, Joe. You know, it's a case of uh, just uh, we, we were doing these fast and furious at the moment. You know, I was talking as a mate of mine I was playing football with last night, Max. You know, he said to the guys, have you listened to Darren's podcast? And uh, and not knowing you, Joe, of course, he doesn't know you. But sure. uh, but, you know, and I did not mention yet. you as we were chatting. Not yet. We were out on the football pitch last night and everybody's going, what? 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 But you know what? They were talking about it. And that's, Joe, that's what we want. Well, People so talking what's about the, it. So what's the Max. football team? It was this Petersfield United or something. Who was it? <laughs> well, well, my boys, my boys play for Petersfield Town Juniors and uh, working up to the big team uh, when they get older. But this is uh, it's a, a lads kick around, really, that I do on a Thursday night. I've done it for 25 years. Good bunch of guys. So let's give them a shout out and I'll find out next week if any of them have listened to the end. That's true, but we do need a name for this team. So let's it's, ask it's worldwide if you have a name for this team, if it doesn't have one. Have you got one? Well, it's we, we play up at a school called Beedales, where Roger Taylor sent his kids to school. So it's a bit of a celebrity school nearby. Beautiful AstroTurf pitch. So Beedales School, but it's uh, it's 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 just mates. Beedales Dads. <laughs> Beedales Dads. That's, that'll do. That... That, well, my kids aren't there, but we're, I'm a, I am a dad and it is at Beedales, so I'll, I'll take it. Okay, so the BDDs, the BDs. Um, <laughs> so uh, check out the check out the BDs. They'll be at Wembley for the FA Cup Vars final. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, well, I'll give a shout out. Actually, a friend of mine. Um, it was funny. He sent me a photo. Um, he was sitting on his couch, and here's the photo. And it's um, he was just incredulous because he went onto YouTube on the TV, and there came up Race House, Come and uh, and the episode bang straight front and center. Um, so big, uh, big shout out to Andy Fortner, who's been a lifelong friend, um, and uh, he follows the uh, the podcast. And uh, he's well into it, so maybe we'll get him on one day. But he watches Formula One. He'll be watching the race as well. And we did watch a race together in the summer. Um, can't remember which one. Maybe a European one must have been. Um, but yeah, so Andy Fortner. But his nickname is Sanjurita Margarita Masada Miyagi Taylor Smith. What? For, for Come on, long, say it again. Say crazy it again. teenage reasons. Sanjurita Margarita Masada Miyagi Taylor Smith uh, oh is. Oh is his full nickname but he's had more nicknames than anyone else so um china is also a good one because um he's, he's very delicate when it comes to the food that he eats um in fact we went to rome once on holiday and he actually got sick from the nutrients in the food um <laughs> oh, it was well all fresh. but um <laughs> i won't embarrass him anymore but he's no. uh no he's been a lifelong friend and he's a lifelong fan of race house uh so uh, big up to andy well, andy andy um, hi keep listening buddy <laughs> so um it's not far from you as well he lives down the road from you um oh, does he? 
Yes. Uh, so that's it from us for this episode. Please like and subscribe. Share it with your mates. Uh, we will be watching the Mexican Grand Prix. It's 2 p.m. local, uh, 9 p.m. UK, and eight, midnight. Eight p- I think it's 8 p.m., isn't it, UK? I've got that's it GMT, but you're still on BST. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, good point. Oh, yes. no, but when yeah, did the clocks change? Clocks- I think it might be this weekend, Saturday night. So you, it is this, this weekend, right? Yeah. So it will be eight. Yes. Right. I'm not. Don't miss now, the start, got, Darren. No. But can you imagine? <laughs> so, right. Okay. Let's make six. Dub, dub, guys, everybody, double check their timings with those clock changes. Double check your sure. time if you're in the UK and Europe. But um, it's two p.m. local in Mexico, so I know that. I think it is going to be back to GMT. So it's eight p.m. and midnight in Dubai. So. Um, uh, yeah, hopefully, if I can stay up, I'll stay up and watch it. Come it's on, my Joe. Turn you can get, do it. Get the you red can do eye. It. <laughs> uh, but that's it from Race House from, with me, Joe Lee. Uh, me, Darren Reeves. See you next time. Take care.